0: What
1: is going on everybody, my name is Connor Lawler, welcome to another week of Movie Mondays. This is the Here's For Higher podcast, we are back again talking all the week's movie news, entertainment news and just generally having a bit of a chit chat about everything to do with film. As always I'm joined by my partner in crime, Mr Sean Meehan. Sean, how is it going?
2: I'm going good, here's a fun movie fact for everyone. Mm, okay. Uh, the first movie to ever come out was Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3
1: not many people know that that's very interesting and uh, what happened Isn't to 1 just? and 2
2: <laughs> oh we, look they, they weren't any good 3 <laughs> was the peak for all <laughs> Spider-Man media
1: he brought them out memento style It went 3, 2, 1 it was very strange
2: yeah but uh, well, the black and white bits if you rearrange yeah. them in order yeah. then no. the story makes sense <laughs>
1: Imagine this is somebody's first episode and this is the opening segment. They're like, yeah, this is this is not good.
2: Look, we've done 105 of these, okay?
1: <laughs> you try and keep coming up with bits. It's tough.
2: <laughs> it is tough and I'm not very good at it. But yeah, my, my answer your is- original...
1: My favourite is the fact that I say, how are you? But what I'm really saying is, Sean, come up with a bit because I've done the intro.
2: <laughs> you're, what you're really saying is, let's see what he fucking tries this week.
1: <laughs> yes. But
2: how and are you? Look, some of, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm mm. good. I'm looking forward to talking about movie news because I, I genuinely like talking about films with you.
1: Yeah, movies are... A bit of fun. And Ireland has now, will officially this week go into another lockdown. So we are completely locked out. Woo indeed. (laughs) I don't know if that is woo worthy. But (laughs) we're going into (laughs) another (laughs) lockdown. Woo? Uh, We're going into another lockdown. So the mood's a bit low. So I felt this week, what was was needed is a bit of classic movie news. Just some good old talking real. You know what I mean? That's a good Ooh. podcast,
2: name. Someone could take that. So that 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 one's free. That one's for you guys to do with what you will.
1: People are listening. is good. They picked Heroes for Hire and Talking
2: and Real was out there. I
1: think they've made a mistake.
2: And look, and Heroes for Hire was. One of the original suggestions. Yeah, absolutely. There was no boardroom process with that one.
1: <laughs> and so we're starting movie news this week with a bit of a bit of Mad Max news, Sean. Now, um, recently we found out that there, that there was going to be a Mad Max Fury Road prequel that was going to be covering Furiosa, who was probably everyone's favourite character from Mad Max Fury Road. And, unfortunately, Charlie's Theron would not be appearing in the film. It was going to be a lot younger. And now we yeah. have news that the Man Max pe- prequel Furiosa is officially happening with Anya Taylor-Joy and Chris Hemsworth set to star in the
2: film. Sir, Hemsworth is involved? <laughs> Big Chrissy Hemsworth is in this, yes. Okay. This, mm. I wasn't sure about this movie when we first talked about yeah. Um. But it sounds like they're just telling a cool story. um, And that's a good fucking cast to just announce right off the bat, isn't it? You have George Miller
1: directing Anya Taylor-Joy and Chris Hemsworth starring in it. I think, as a trio, that's pretty
2: good. And presumably, um, like, Chris Hemsworth and George Miller, both very Australian. Yes. So... Those two on set are going to get along swimmingly, I would imagine. Can
1: you imagine them doing the press junk afterwards? It's going to be so Australian. It's going to be like, see, Hemsworth and um, Taika Waititi, that was a nice mixture. But I felt like the two of them had a different sense of humour to everybody else, which I quite liked. And Mark Ruffalo was always in the interviews just looking at them. Just like, they're bouncing off each other. I think this is funny, but I'm just kind of chilling.
2: He like, he knows when to pick his moments, <laughs> <Yeah>. you <know? laughs>
1: um, I think this is great casting as well. Like Hemsworth is, we've said it. Like he's probably one of the biggest names at the minute in Hollywood, especially like that recent Netflix movie he did as well with the Russo brothers. Um, yeah, I think at the minute he is one of those stars that if you see his name there, you will become more interested. And it's great that they brought him in because you're getting rid of Charlie's Taron, who is one of the best actors as well working so you might as well bring someone in who's about the same level of star quality.
2: Yeah, and is there any, um, like presumably Anya Taylor-Joy is a young Furiosa. She will
1: be playing the title character, yeah.
2: Excellent choice. Uh, Mm. I'm glad she's in a movie after New Mutants.
1: (laughs) She's just happy to get out of the house. Anything other than New Mutants.
2: And and then is Hemsworth, you know, the question must be asked, is Hemsworth playing Max? It does not say anything about who
1: Hemsworth is playing. Do you think he should play Max?
2: I mean, he'd be a good Max, and maybe that's just, like, the beard. But would
1: that be a waste of Hemsworth? Because Hemsworth, his charm comes from, you know, talking. And Max is notoriously a bad communicator.
2: This is true. Now, I I think we need to separate Hemsworth from, you know, specifically Thor Ragnarok.
1: <laughs> yeah, but I think most... He has shown that he has comedic timing. But I suppose, yeah, he I, he also can show that he has a bit of drama in, his, in him as well. Maybe he would yeah, like, like
2: he, the idea that he doesn't have to talk. Exactly. Maybe that's a nice like exercise as mm. an actor. But I think... In um, extraction, which is that Netflix movie, yes, he's not cracking wise in in that. You know, he's not uh, he's not he's God of thundering. Heads. He's cracking heads, <laughs> and he's abiding by the law. Probably <laughs> that's,
1: that's on the poster. <laughs> heads are missing. Cracking jokes in on this one. He's cracking heads. Four stars
2: <laughs> out of ten. <laughs> out of ten, it's not great. Quite violent. Um, so, is there a like a not a release date but i'm i'm assuming like 2022
1: for this um it, it's not officially down for what year it's even going to be coming out i think it probably was originally down for 2022 but due to the whole you know yourself i don't need to fill everybody in it mm. might be delayed and maybe until 2023
2: 2024 okay like to be fair how long did we wait between mad max movies before that Mm. and also um, Thunderdome was shit <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but like I think it's it's a good cast to bring in and also with George Miller set to direct it as well like Mad Max Fury Road I don't think gets enough love I, I think the people who have seen it are like oh that's amazing but I think it kind of came and then it doesn't get talked about enough that how good that movie is like that should have won a few Oscars it was ludicrous
2: yeah, and, like, it was, it, it kind of came out of nowhere and was just the biggest hit. And also, just, like, visually, it looks unreal for just being filmed in a fucking desert.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, like, d- so desert filming is notoriously hard. Look at all of Star Wars. and <laughs> Talk so, to Alec Guinness. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um, so, like, it's just, it's consistently, che- like, checking boxes in excellence. Mm. and so and if the same people, you know, the production team is very similar, if they're all involved, there's no reason to uh doubt that this will live up to expectations.
1: Also, I by the way, I said uh, Mad Max Fury Road should have won Oscars and now I have just read that it won six. Yeah,
2: so It is. It should have won more. It should have, <laughs> should have won best well, music. Sorry.
1: Yeah, I forgot uh, an add on. It should have won more. <laughs> it should have won oscars it won six of them i think six is a nice number maybe seven that's what i'm putting maybe my foot 40 down. maybe 47 the academy if you're How that the oscars are up
2: for grabs
1: um, give it best documentary fuck it
2: <laughs> oh I, I like that
1: and <laughs> um, also this movie will just be based on the origin story of furiosa who is probably the best character in that movie um, which is an interesting way to do it because we've always said characters are more interesting when an origin story is released after the original. Is that not what you've said to me, Sean?
2: This is uh, some of my biggest fears, is that yeah. a character I love will be given more backstory.
1: Ultimately making the character worse.
2: Ruining the mystery that mm. you know really enhanced the character in the mm. first place.
1: Yeah. But, but this time could be different because I don't think George Miller signs on unless he has a proper story.
2: Yeah, I mean, look at Happy Feet.
1: <laughs> <laughs> True, no, but I think he likes Mad Max.
2: <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, like this is—it was one of his. It was, I think, Mad Max was his first film because he was a doctor beforehand, wasn't he, or a paramedic or something like that.
1: I—that does sound familiar. I cannot confirm. I did just say Mad Max that would didn't win any Oscars. So, I mean, who am I to be <laughs> re, even sl- slightly trusted? <laughs>
2: Yeah, just to confirm, Mad Max Fury Road won 6 out of the 24 possible Oscars. Yeah,
1: but at the same time, did it really win that many? When you think about it. Is a
2: quarter enough?
1: I think this proves they'll give a movie podcast to anyone, Sean. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's all well and good me telling you the news. I sound a lot smarter. It sounds like I have information. This is all, I haven't even seen a movie. This, is, uh,
2: <laughs> but but the name of the podcast is Reels and something or whatever you said earlier. Talking reels, talking reels.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, but okay, we're gonna move on because I'm I'm embarrassed now. I I have those. I'm having getting really warm because <laughs> I'm like. You said something dumb. Okay,
2: we're going to move next on. Next up, Oscar next. nominee Parasite. And,
1: <laughs> Parasite should have won Best Picture. I'm putting it down now. <laughs> um, no, our next of news is about a movie that should have won an Oscar, Sean. It should have. Oh. And it didn't. But oh. this is also a common trend in Hollywood these days in that movies come out, then movies get kind of panned. Then the director comes out a few years later and says, my cut was better. Well, David Ayer just rewatched does his Suicide Squad cut for the first time and, in his own words,
2: thinks it's fucking amazing. <laughs> Isn't David Ayer the man who, on the red carpet for Suicide Squad, said, fuck Marvel? He did say that, yes. I, right. I like
1: that confidence. At the press premiere. <laughs> was that 2016? So... That was the year of Civil War to come out and say fuck Marvel. And by the way Civil War and also Batman vs Superman came out that year as well. Yeah. Yeah, That was a good one. That was a good double whammy.
2: Great year for DC as it goes.
1: A great one, yeah. Um, So (laughs) David Ayer, obviously he was the director of the original Suicide Squad. James Gunn is in there now. Although I sound like Maybe I don't know this information. I'm kind of questioning everything now, Sean. Um, But, yeah, James Gunn is down to direct Death Suicide Squad. David Ayer was the original director, and there was a lot of controversy behind the scenes because David Ayer did the film, but then he passed it off to the studio, they did a different cut, and then they put it into a third party, and they did a different cut, and the movie we got was kind of an amalgamation of three different cuts, and that is why it doesn't really work. But David Ayer says he has a cut that only he has done. And that is the movie that he wanted to work on. And he says, Mm. if he put that out now, in his own words, it would be fire.
2: (laughs) No, he said, I would be fired. (laughs) I would be fired from movies forever. Like, how good can it be? Because I don't... First of all, I agree that the editing of Suicide Squad is a mess Mm. and it overall takes away from the film but there are so many more flaws than just the editing in that movie
1: hashtag release the iron code is that what you're saying
2: doesn't have the same ring to it i think
1: at least snyder had a bit of you know like the movie was so bad let's see what happens but david ayer worked on that whole movie
2: yeah and presumably the yeah because snyder was like Replaced by another director at one point. There, I can yeah. kind of see the artistic vision has been interfered with. Mm. Where, whereas David Ayer, you know, called literally called those shots. Would
1: you and like to then, hear the? Would you like to hear the exact quote from David Ayer about this? Because you're making some good points, but he has some counterpoints.
2: Okay, okay, hit me with them.
1: He says, I took the hits like a good soldier when the studio cut hit the streets. It's who I am. He's a martyr. (laughs) I watched my cut for the first time since it was abandoned. It is fucking amazing. On God. I felt guilty for years like I fucked up. Nope. It's fire. It's the tone of the Comic-Con trailer 100% is what he said. Sean. Jesus.
2: (laughs) Jesus. Have I I ever heard such misplaced confidence?
1: (laughs) I would not normally cover a news story like this. I wouldn't normally subject our listeners to this. But at the same time, I think that quote should be put in the Hall of Fame. (laughs) Like,
2: just frame that tweet. Cross-stitch that tweet. Yeah. And then, like, paste it up on your wall. Mm. And then, here's the thing, though. He, we only have his word to go on it. And, you know, he might have <sighs> ulterior motives for saying that say, it's the best cut ever.
1: Would you say he might be slightly biased, and also he's looking at Zack Snyder like, Dickhead! <laughs> There's a whole market there!
2: Like, here's... maybe. I think I think he's hoping that the fans rally around, and... Mm. And and call for the air cut, as they did with the Snyder Cut. But what he hasn't understood is that one of the most liked directors in the comic book scene uh, in James Gunn has now taken over the Suicide Squad and is making a version that everyone seems to be excited for.
1: Yeah, that must be really tough. Like, the fact that he did that movie and now, like, James Gunn is kind of universal, like, he's done the two Guardians movies And so if you want to have a movie done with a bunch of ragtagged guys that don't really get along and are kind of dickheads, he's the guy you call, and he's doing the Suicide Squad. So that's got to be a knock to the confidence when you're like, my first one was also amazing, guys. Let's release the air cut.
2: Yeah, it's just a bit... And look, it might be the best cut of any movie anyone's ever seen. Ever. Ever. From the outside looking in, though, it seems kind of... I don't know if desperate is the word, but it's it's like posting up on Facebook about how well you're doing after a breakup.
1: <laughs> that's exactly what it is. Oh, I'm ripped to shreds. Guys, I guys, I did another thousand push-ups today. I'm feeling yeah. really good.
2: <laughs> that kind of thing. And just like, I don't know, taking f- like gym selfies yeah. as being like, getting my pump on. And getting that's what he's doing, on. but for filmmaking. <laughs>
1: And I just because what he's going at here is it, there's two things that I want to discuss. There's one. It very much feels like David Ayer is Zack Snyder's little brother, and like yeah. he's looking at his big brother like, oh, he did it. It worked for him. I'll do the exact same thing. But I know those movies came out the same year. But I oh, know actually that was Batman vs Superman. The year, that was the year after. But I still don't think it's the same. It's the same world. And where he's coming with that is in regards to the Comic Con trailer, which was the really serious one, if everyone remembers that. And um, that was that the first was set
2: to Heathens, which yes, wasn't it? Yeah, that yeah, one. And that's it, a good it, trailer.
1: And it started with Harley Quinn um, hanging from the the cell, and she's like slowly spinning, and it's like really dark and creepy, and like it's really eerie. And people were like, "Oh, this is kind of a cool direction to take the Suicide Squad in," but then. They released the second trailer with Bohemian Rhapsody, and that got even more views. And at that point, I think the studio were like, shit, we've actually done a serious movie. And I know we released a fun trailer, but the movie's not like that. David re-cut the movie so it's fun. And that is a shit position for it to be put in. But I don't know if you can
2: change that in one cut. No, like, he he wasn't just the director of Suicide Squad. He was also the writer Yes, which means that what are we? Some kind of Suicide Squad is a line that he wrote, mm. yeah. and I think that sums up uh, how the problems with this movie might not be limited to the editing room.
1: I'm I'm on the I'm on the bandwagon. Hashtag release the IR code. Don't I just, do this. Don't. I, I'm on the bandwagon.
2: <laughs> I'm not. I'm I've fallen off the wagon. Uh, that's a, that's a don't take that out of context. I'm.
1: I'm- <laughs> That was a different take. I've been meaning to talk to you about that one as well. <laughs> Actually, to be honest with you, um, no. My, well, my chest tattoo says "Release the air cut, but on the back it says "Release the Slider Cut." It's it's both of them, just in case. Um, you have a tattoo problem. Okay, I do. Um, but just to, just before we move on, I'm going to read this cover or this paragraph again, just so we all know. This is the man that did the Suicide Squad movie um, in 2016. And this is what have had to say. I took the hits like a good soldier when the studio cut hit the streets. I think, first of all, hero. I It's who uh, I am. Yeah. It's who I am, Sean. It's who I am. I watched my cut for the first time since it was abandoned. It is fucking amazing. <laughs> That's the best. He did...
2: Uh- I've deemed it to be the best. He
1: said, it is fucking amazing, dot, 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 on God. (laughs) I felt guilty for years like I fucked it. Nope, it's fire.
2: (laughs) I don't think it is.
1: (laughs) Have you ever heard anyone describe their own work as, it's fucking amazing, it's fire. Has that work ever been fucking amazing and
2: or flames? Well, that's what I... uh told all my family when I told them about the podcast.
1: That is what has let us down yes. You really <laughs> set us up for a fall
2: there. All of my family is actively <laughs> working against us.
1: <laughs> um, okay we're going to move on to another piece of news and this is actually something that came out during the week and it involves Disney and their weird monopoly on the market but what's been happening this year is that they haven't been allowed to put out any movies which has yeah. kind of hindered them and Disney have now confirmed that streaming is now its top priority for films and TV this week.
2: I mean, it was... always coming, really, wasn't it?
1: It was, but it is interesting for them to say that, because this is the same Disney who have the MCU. Like, they have created the weird system we have now where you release a movie and then create a universe, and then you make a billion dollars per movie in that universe.
2: It's a good formula. It's, mm. a, it's a very good formula. It's only really
1: worked rant. once. It's only worked once, to be fair.
2: Not for one to try in, though. Everyone has <laughs> no. had a go.
1: Everybody's given it a go, but really it's only worked
2: once. And so, like to say that they're focusing on streaming, it makes a lot of sense, because it's, what else can they focus on at the minute in terms of getting movies out to people?
1: I think it might have been the second delay of Black Widow that kind of set them over the edge. And they were like, fuck it, we need to just go strictly to streaming in regards to films and TV. Which would mean that a lot of films just go directly to Disney Plus.
2: Yeah, because, because like anything that's put out under Searchlight, which is like the Fox branding under Disney now, uh since mm. their merger. Like a lot of those have been smaller movies and things like that. So I can totally see those going Direct to the streaming service, and they have something like sixty million users on so, Disney Plus. On Disney Plus, yeah, like worldwide. Jesus. So i I think it's not a bad shout. Like net and obviously, I'm going to compare it to Netflix here because they're kind of industry standard in a lot of ways. And Netflix yeah, for has, streaming, yes, yeah. So they've had a lot of success putting out. Movies and TV shows that have never gotten a theatrical screening. Or if they have, it's only so they can be submitted for Oscar nominations.
1: But in regards to, like, Disney are, and, and, like, this is really shit to say, but, like, Disney are about 80% of cinema at the minute. Like, every, I would say, maybe out of five movies, four of them are Disney currently. Every five movie, no matter in in some or, or sh- shape or form. Like, whether r- it be animation or a superhero movie or whatever. Like, most of it is Disney. So it's weird that they have such... They have this monopoly on the market and they have it basically, like, clenched in their fist. And now they're like, we don't really want to use this market that we currently own. We're just going to move the market to streaming, which we also now are going to try and own.
2: Yeah, and they're, like... In oh, five years, it's only going to be like they're only going to own more of things. Do you think they'll buy Netflix? I don't know
1: because <laughs> they've unlimited money. I mean, they could,
2: they absolutely could. And I like Netflix is a weird one because. On the one hand, you have that audience baked in of like the amount of Netflix users there are, but on the other hand, I feel all those Netflix users—maybe seventy percent of them already have Disney Plus.
1: Mm. I think a lot of people so, would. I think I think a lot of people got Disney Plus in March, and I don't. The amount of people I, I've talked to since then that have barely used it, but they all have it.
2: Yeah, and here's the thing as well, is that you remember when Netflix first came to Ireland, it cost seven ninety nine a month. It, it was in 2018, I remember it well. It was great times, great times great for time. everyone involved. Yeah,
1: We're very much behind, some said.
2: <laughs> well look, we had to get all the, all the straw out of the internet. <laughs> we, had
1: get, we had to get all the snakes out with, uh, with St. Patrick.
2: So they were eating up all the cables. But... <laughs> and now Netflix has gone up to something like €12 Euro a month. I can totally see that happening with Disney Plus that it becomes more uh, not more expensive by definition I suppose but then I think they'll have a lot more content and a lot more high quality content than Netflix has at the minute for the same price if you get me
1: I think this this is their market strategy now due to the fact that the Global Bastard is happening but and I, I think they're very much going to aim for this but like It was all down to, in my opinion, Black Widow has been delayed twice this year. And that is one of their big MCU movies. And this is kind of the idea that we're not letting that happen again. We have a strict schedule to keep in regards to this universe that we've set up. And all these movies are meant to come out at this time. Like Inhumans is meant to come out afterwards. Or no, The Eternals, sorry. was meant to come out afterwards. And so they want to keep to that schedule. So if you then create your own streaming universe as well, at least then... The calendar stays going regardless of what happens anywhere else.
2: Exactly because what's happened here is that because Black Widow is pushed back, Falcon and Winter Soldier can't happen until that comes out because they're tied mm. together story wise. Yeah. And then, so that's why we're getting um, WandaVision uh, earlier than we thought we would.
0: Because
2: so, that's like, not connected. To, yeah, so they've had to do a massive like reshuffle of how things are coming out mm. and i think if it goes like once one division is out i don't think there's anything else to put out except falcon and winter soldier
1: it's it's very it's simply down to they like to be in control of everything as we've seen over the last few years and they could not have foreseen this happening but they're like it's not going to happen again we're going to control whatever we can control in the cinema world as well so no matter what happens anywhere else if there's even t- 20 global pandemics we are going to release these on streaming services.
2: Yeah and I think like if it's a, if it's there people will watch it. You mm. know pe- if if they put it out in a cinema at the minute people will not watch it.
1: Yeah no, I agree.
2: Um, we we okay. can't at the minute.
1: <laughs> no, we actually we are not allowed. Um, so we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and this involves the Hunger Games. Sean, your favourite thing? You told I me you love. I think it's fine. You think it's fine. Well, what was one thing about the Hunger Games series? How would you describe it? Would you describe it as a bit brutal? The the Jennifer Lawrence ones.
2: As in, like quality wise?
1: No, no, not quality wise. Like I would say, violence wise, or even oh. just.
2: Totally. Totally. I would say grim. It's got a very bright look at the future.
1: Well, that's funny you say that, because there's a Hunger Games prequel movie coming out that we discussed, because um, Suzanne Collins, uh, the writer, or the creator of Hunger Games, she is writing. Uh, she's already written a prequel called The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. And immediately, they kind of took this up and they were like, we're going to do a movie on this, because... I mean, they made a lot of money. This, yeah. Yes, but now they've come out with a little bit of, you know, a little tidbit of what we can expect in this Hunger Games prequel. So, what was your, to- what did you think of the tone of the first ones? Grim. Grim. The Hunger Games prequel movie will bring a less glitzy look at the arena. They say.
2: Oh. All oh, right.
1: <laughs> yeah, I kept. And we're going to see some kids die. Yeah, I can't wait to see some children get decapitated. <laughs> I remember looking at the first one, going, "There's too much glamour. I don't
2: like it." Put all those kids in the fucking death bowl Like, I think it is a thing that, you know, they'll run at each other, and the camera will cut, and then one of them stands back up. I think that's the way they worked around it. Yeah, because those were PG thirteen movies. But, you
1: have to make this R, make it an R, and go
2: fucking all out, dude. R-rated Hunger Games will be <laughs> savage. <laughs> it would just
1: be ludicrous. Um, the story, by the way, this is their, um, this is their, what they've put out. The story is very early on in this prequel, so they do take place at very different times. This will be the tenth Hunger Games, as opposed to the seventy-fifth, which was in uh, Catching Fire. And I think that Hunger Games are considerably less glitzy than they ultimately become. So I think there's a lot of fun in that. And seeing what they used to be, and that will be interesting. And I think <laughs> seeing a capital character with the point of view that makes you through a good part of the story is something we've never really done. And um, So this will be from the view of the capital, and also less glamorous than the murder
2: movies from earlier on in the series. But did we not have a lot of characters from the capital who then, over the course of the three movies, became disillusioned with the capital because they saw it for what it was really worth?
1: That does sound like something I've seen in these movies before, Sean. But what about the glamour? I t- I kept thinking, there's too much. I wanted less. Br- tear it down. Tear it down to the bare bones. I just want to see murder.
2: But the tear down happens over the course <laughs> of the movies.
1: Yeah, that's actually the theme of the movies,
2: isn't it? it's a, it's it's about the people realizing that <laughs> uh, the, the, the distribution of wealth isn't oh my god
1: <laughs> I, I like that this movie is starting in the time where like the the capital just owned everything and there's no rise there's no revolution it's just like it's just like everyone's sad and now we're going to go die
2: <laughs> yeah and, uh, is, is it just that the what that all the other districts have just come to terms with their lot in life <laughs> and then <laughs> someone from the capital says hey maybe this is wrong and that person gets killed and that's Surely, it that's is the that movie. Not,
1: is that not less interesting just as a story
2: oh it's absolute like fair, like i get from like a world building perspective to see the day to day of the capital is i'm not even going to say interesting because i don't think it's interesting mm. uh it's something and but to it's not a a compelling arc of a character who came from nothing, overcoming literally the government. It, yeah, it, it's not that level of engagement.
1: It this movie will follow the character of um, Snow, who's um, in the first one. He's um, he's Katniss's. He's the villain. Uh, yeah, he's Co- the president. Yeah, he's the president, President Snow, in the movies, and this will follow his character as he's a mentor for District Twelve's tribute, Lucy Gray Bards, or Baird. So she, he's the main character in this movie. So we're following the villain from the next trilogy,
2: right? And he's yeah, good. Are we are we going to get a oh? Do we get a de aged Donald Sutherland as President I think, Snow? I think that's or all we you can do. <laughs> or do you get Kiefer involved?
1: <laughs> Kiefer would have to also be de aged, I think.
2: I. It depends how much in the past it is. <laughs>
1: I mean, I've seen Kiefer. He's not looking too spry like. I mean, how old is Kiefer Sutherland?
2: He, uh, let me do a quick doogs on that. 55, maybe? twenty-four wasn't that long ago, was it? Ah
1: Kiefer seen Sutherland,
2: him in... Yeah. Uh, fifty-three.
1: Oh good guess.
2: Good guess.
1: <laughs> I seen him in Pompeii, he looked plastic.
2: He, well that was because of all the lava,
1: Connor. <laughs> the lava was burning his skin to be fair. But you got you're gonna get Kiefer in a fifty-three and he can play the young <laughs> snow. Well, how old was Snow? He was like seventy? Yeah, no, he's 17 now in these movies. So Kiefer's in.
2: Yeah, bring Kiefer in. I think think it'd be easier to de-age Kiefer than to de-age Donald.
1: Yeah, I, I think it would. I don't know how old he is. So this is, I suppose it's the 75th one, and this is the 10th one. So 65 years before that. So what is he in those movies? Maybe 80? So he'd be 15 in these ones.
2: Right, okay. Yeah, Kiefer.
1: Kiefer's uh, the cast and choice. Surely,
2: I, I I think he's the only choice for me. Do does, he, choice? does Kiefer Sutherland have a kid? Hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Kiefer going- Sutherland. So, <laughs> yeah. Uh, he has. He, do- he does? does. It he? just brings up Donald Sutherland again. <laughs> no, that's the
1: same circle we're still in. <laughs>
2: uh, children, Sarah Sutherland. <laughs>
1: No use to us. Fuck's no. sake!
2: Now hear me out, Connor.
1: <laughs> okay, I can see it, but I think Donald—he's got a good head of hair on him. He's—I str- think he—they have. Does she look like Donald? Is my question.
2: Uh, oh God, my my search history is going to be weird. <laughs> Sarah Sutherland. Uh, she does not look like uh, Donald or Kiefer in that she's female.
1: She doesn't look like a 70-year-old daughter. (laughs) No. No,
2: now she is 32.
1: Oh, still too old. We need a 15-year-old.
2: But wait, wait, wait. Does (laughs) she have a son?
1: Does she she have a son?
2: (laughs) Currently, no.
1: Damn it. There's still time. If she gets working on the child now, we film the movie 15 years from now. I think this could be good.
2: We'll do it like boyhood. We'll do it over yeah. the course of the kid's actual life.
1: I think it could be good. Um, all I wanted to do was talk about this grim prequel we've got on the Sunderland family tree.
2: Not the Sunderland family Sorry,
1: tree. Sorry, the Sutherland family <laughs> tree. Also, if your name is Sutherland, what are you going to call your kid Kiefer? I mean, come on.
2: I, look, Kiefer has done well for himself, you know? To
1: be fair to him, to be fair to me, has. So, are you excited about this prequel for the Hunger Games?
2: Uh, Not really. I kind of like those books and movies when they happened, and then now Mm. that they stopped happening, I'm fine with it.
1: That's. I think that's exactly how I feel. Um, Okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and this is a rumour, Sean. We have two rumours this week that are not confirmed, but I like a bit of hearsay and rumour. You know how it is.
2: Yeah, so, this is our chance to be a source for something, Connor.
1: We It could be a source or we could be very wrong and give people false hope. It's one of the two. And this is our first piece of news regarding Spider-Man and that is Spider-Man 3. There is a rumour that it will introduce Miles Morales into the
2: MCU. This is... This has long been hinted at. Mm. Um, I... I f- First of all, I think it's a, I, I would like to see him. I think it makes sense. Especially uh, with
1: Spider-Verse being so successful.
2: Yeah, and then Spider-Verse 2 coming out in the future. Um, yeah. But I, I'm, I'm worried that we're at this point in waiting for a Spider-Man movie that just anything is on the table. Because if you were to take all the rumours at first glance, at the minute, we're having a multiverse movie with Doctor Strange that also introduces Miles Morales and a new Electro. Yes. Which, you know, Miles Morales from the Ultimate Universe in the comics um, and is one of the few things that got folded into main continuity. So there's precedence there for him to just be brought into the MCU. And it does make
1: it... Is it it a case of maybe they're trying to move Tal
2: Maybe or is it I wonder Is it's to do with the Sony contract
1: Yeah uh, Maybe they, they want their own thing there
2: Yeah but I think To have Because like, Sony has done really well Off of Spider-Verse and Miles Morales In particular So I don't know that they'd give him up I think they'd sooner give up Peter Parker at this point
1: So, according to the MCU Cosmic, which is where we're getting this, Sony Pictures and Marvel Studios have already found an actor to portray the younger Spider-Man. While the rumour doesn't outright pinpoint the third Tom Holland Spider-Man film as an entryway for Miles Morales' debut, it is the most likely option, as it would have to be a Marvel-Sony movie. So... There is a, it might not be Spider-Man 3, but it makes logical sense that that was where they would bring him in, due to the whole fact that this movie's heavily rumoured to be involving a lot of Spider-Verse stuff, um, which we will get to more news of this later on, by the way. Uh, But, the first piece of news is that Miles Morales could be introduced into this movie. Is this going to, Spider-Man 3 and the Flash movie, are they going to be quite similar?
2: In terms of like dimension hopping and yeah. kind of picking and choosing what characters you want to use going forward. Yes. I think there might be. I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. As we always say, it works in the comics. Like People are on board for it. And I think the general public, uh, who just watch these movies as like the spectacle they are, I think they're pretty okay with it at this point. With the, with the right
1: writing, anything can work.
2: Exactly, and maybe it's, uh, it, it if we're looking at story-wise, maybe it's to do with, maybe Peter Parker stops acting as Spider-Man because his identity was revealed, and so someone else takes up the mantle while he's gone.
1: I that that could work. Like there could be a Miles Morales in the movie. Them because I mean it's also in Spider-Man: Homecoming that you have Donald Glover's character saying, "Oh, I've got a nephew that lives in this neighborhood."
2: Yeah, and like it—it's it, totally possible. I think that see, see, it's how does Miles get his powers in the in this universe? Say, does. Does he, um, is is he just bitten by a spider? Mm. Or is it, is he like a techno Spider Man?
1: Maybe it's something, yeah, maybe he just built the tech himself. Like, he can't stick to walls, but he can make the webs.
2: Yeah, I, like, I think that's a way to do it. And, or you just, again, you're right, a clever way to do it. Maybe he gets bitten by a spider. Maybe, um, he gets a blood transfusion from Peter Parker or something like that. <laughs> Maybe.
1: It's a classic Lady Hulk Hulk
2: Or She-Hulk. She-Hulk, exactly. Um, now, look, that, that probably won't be the way they'll do it. they will probably do something cleverer That's than that. That's
1: exactly the way they'll do it.
2: <laughs> but, like, or it could be something batshit insane. Like, oh, the Council of Spider-Men determined that a Spider-Man isn't active in this universe. So they sent Miles oh
1: yeah let's bring in the council let's just make it batshit insane let's see what You're, happens
2: oh, full on just do it do it for i me, just want to see tom
1: holland's reaction to crazy shit
2: and i'm i'm look, he would never keep the secrets though that's the thing
1: <laughs> no he'd be terrible on the on the press junket and in the movie
2: well he mightn't be terrible in the movie be some <laughs> credit
1: No, not performance-wise, I mean (laughs) secret-wise. Even like, I don't want council,
2: guys. (laughs) Maybe, maybe. I don't know. I like Miles Morales as a character enough that I'm willing to welcome him with open arms into the main universe.
1: Okay, and so we're going to move on to our next piece of news, and this involves Space Jam. Sean, now, we have had our first official synopsis for LeBron James's sequel to Space Jam. Everyone's favourite movie from 1996.
2: It's one of the best.
1: One of the best. And this is Space Jam A New Legacy. So, originally, um, Michael Jordan, I was going to say Michael Jackson. <laughs> Michael Jordan was um, in the movie, and he saved the planet. Fair play to him. He, and he, he, he looked well doing it. But Look great. they've released, they, it looks great, but they have released, or they are releasing a new sequel to the film, and it will star a current NBA superstar, LeBron James, currently after winning, I don't know, I think he's after winning the NBA Finals like last week or the week before. The The uh, Lakers? No, uh, yes, the Lakers, yes. <laughs> and yes. so, <laughs> that's your one sporting trivia piece. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and so, he's coming fresh off that into filming, and they have released a synopsis. Would you like to hear it?
2: I would love to.
1: So, during a trip to the Warner Brothers studio, NBA superstar LeBron James and his son accidentally get trapped within a world that contains all of Warner Brothers. Stories, characters, stories and characters, under the control of a malfunctioning, all powerful force known as Al G, played by Don Cheetle. <laughs> 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 with the help of Bugs Bunny, LeBron must navigate through a never ending, never before imagined world filled with iconic movie scenes and characters as they reassemble the Looney Tunes to, to rescue his lost son. Now to get back home, LeBron and the Tunes have to unravel G's mysterious plan and win an epic basketball game against digital, gamified super versions of the NBA and the WNBA's biggest stars as the entire world watches.
2: What the fuck is this? (laughs) That's fucking insane. That's ridiculous. That's weirder than the first one. (laughs) That's saying something. The first now, one was weird as shit, but this one seems worse. But what this reminds me of is, uh, do you remember the smash hit Looney Tunes back in action? Do I remember? It? I've absolutely blocked it from my memory. <laughs> oh, I wanted to watch that movie so much that my friend got rid of his DVD of it.
1: <laughs> I agree. I, I
2: was that friend. <laughs> but it's it's like the whole thing of that is everyone's just walking around and all the cartoons are there. Mm. Um, I would be. I'm. I. I'm. See, I feel like the first Space Jam. You didn't have to know anything about basketball, and presumably you don't have to in this one as well. But it Which does is a seem because like, now you all have all that Lakers knowledge. Oh, they were purple and yellow, probably. <laughs> <Two>. and, <laughs> good, excellent, and so like basketball seems to be more of a focus in this. Um,
1: I I don't think so because that whole um, summary was like twenty lines, and then the last line is, "Oh, also he has to play a basketball game to get his son back."
2: Yeah, look, we've all played basketball games to get our sons back. That we've happens. all been there. But I I just feel like there's gonna be like it's it, they basically he's basketballing against other actual basketballers at the end of this. He's not Gamma-fying. basketballing.
1: Gamified super versions of the NBA and WNBA's biggest stars.
2: Yeah, the likes of Clay Thompson, Anthony Davis, <laughs> Damian Lillard, Chris <laughs> Paul, Kyle Kuzma, and then WNBA, Connor. We're talking Diana Taurasi, Nneka Ogwumike, Ch- Chine Ogwumike, the sisters.
1: Oh, sisters. <laughs> That that is the most ludicrous Google search you have ever secretly pulled off on this show. Because because that is fucking mental. You don't know any of those people. Close those tabs and tell me the same
2: names. Okay, here, I'm gonna click. Listen. (coughs) Now. Clay Thompson. Anthony Davis. Fuck off. I wrote them um, so, on a post-it. Yeah,
1: good stuff. Um, do you think this movie will be better or worse than the last one? And does it matter?
2: I think it's going to be worse than the last one. I think it won't hmm. have the nostalgia effect. Because um, I think you could still watch Space Jam and that's still a fine movie. Um, but I also don't think it matters. Because I think this no. movie is just uh, the meme at this point.
1: Uh, yeah, I think people just want to see it. Because it's dumb fun. And I don't know if it's going to ever replicate your childhood movie, but it could create a whole new generation of people who love Space Jam. So what can
2: you do? Yeah, exactly. And it's a bit of morbid curiosity.
1: Yeah. Um. Okay, we're going to move on to our next piece of news. And this involves one of our favourite people in the world, Sean, Mr. Michael B. Jordan. And this has said, Static Shock will build a new DC movie universe, says producer Michael B. Jordan.
2: I've never been more excited to hear a DC statement. Um the DCEU uh, has made their biggest side to yet. Michael B Jordan in a producer role for Static Shock. And like okay, putting my love for Michael B Jordan aside for a minute. Yes um, I don't know that the DC, that DC needs another individual universe. That, sorry. They could just market this as, it's just a movie. Like they did with Joker. And it doesn't have to be associated with the word universe at all.
1: True, but when you hear his quote, you might change your mind. Right. So you have, I'm. he says, I'm proud to be part to be a part of building a new universe centered around black superheroes. Our community deserves that. Outlier Society is committed to bringing to life diverse comic book content across all platforms. And we are excited to partner with Reggie and Warner Brothers on this initial step. So, the drive is to try and get more black superheroes in a universe together, and then maybe you could take that universe and then realize, oh, it's all the same universe. So, (laughs) they have Superman and Batman turn up as well
2: okay that's that's interesting and and yeah and that look that's not a viewpoint i would have looked at it from and now that it's been pointed out of course now mm. is there an argument to be made for just incorporating more black superheroes into their mainline dc universe
1: i think static shock could be a hero with the justice league i don't see any issue
2: yeah and i th- like, uh, how...
1: And you do um, a John Jones Green Lantern. Why not?
2: Yeah, they've been throwing that around for a while, haven't they?
1: They've been throwing that around for a while. I don't see why they don't do it. Like The Ryan Reynolds one didn't work as Hal Jordan. And I think John Jones has a massive audience in the Justice League Unlimited or Justice League Animated TV show. So like, just tr- throw them into the Justice League... Because they have the fan base there, and they're good characters.
2: Yeah, so like separating them off into their own universe is—it's certainly one way to go about introducing more uh, black superheroes to the general public. Mm. I I hope they leave the door open to then have them interact with whatever the quote-unquote main DC universe is. Like, yeah, I hope I, that I, it's I think, not just, like, locked I think away. It's,
1: and I think it's a really good idea to get someone like Michael B. Jordan in this to drive this project on. And you can use that momentum to, to make a, the, an amazing Static Shock movie and make it so good that they'll be fucking mad not to throw him into the next Justice League movie. Like, they're losing viewers by not doing that.
2: Yeah, I would love to see, like everything that comes out of this project, to just be a smash hit, and just prove them all wrong. And like, but they have the right man at the helm. And
1: yeah, I don't think you can cast Michael B. Jordan as Static Shock, unfortunately, because no. I think Static Shock is seventeen or sixteen. And as handsome as Michael B. Jordan is, Sean, he's not sixteen. Now, Kiefer Sutherland, maybe, but I'm not having Ooh. Michael. Kiefer's in again Does Kiefer have a son (laughs) Let's look it up again
2: (laughs) I just got through the whole list
1: (laughs) Um, Yeah I think this is a really good idea I think Static Shock is a great character And I think he's been sitting there for a long time And they haven't used him Um, Although to be fair They haven't also not got Superman right And they haven't got Batman right before So Yeah but I think Static Shock is a character that you can't really... I think he's in that sweet spot where he's a really interesting, cool character with a fan base. but the fan base isn't big enough that if you change the origin slightly, people will get mad. Like, he's in that weird Iron Man role that the MCU were in at the very start.
2: That's a very interesting way of looking at it, actually. That, yeah, the love is there that they might just be happy to see this character brought into live action. Um... But they'll accept like certain changes. Like it doesn't have to be. They don't have to remake the pilot episode of Static Shock. Essentially,
1: no. And I. And if you want to know more about Static Shock, we did do a Hero Zero on him, but that's a very long time ago. I don't know how long ago that was.
2: At least a week
1: it's been at least a week since we did it it might have been like 2 years ago it very that we well did static shock um, so if you want to scroll down and find it there static shock is a really interesting character and i'm really excited to see what they do with this project and michael b jordan being on board even better keep bringing all the stuff cuz he is the type of he's the name draw that if michael b jordan says this project is good people will listen to him and i like that
2: yeah i'm i'm excited to see what comes of it
1: um, okay, so we're finishing off Movie Mondays this week, Sean, with more Spider-Man news, more rumours, more hearsay. And normally I wouldn't finish on this, but these rumours are so big that I I feel like it's our right to talk about it, or it, it's our duty, I should say, to talk about it. And that oh. is, as opposed to Miles Morales being in Spider-Man 3, it now is rumoured that Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield could be joining Tom Holland in the next
2: Spider-Man movie. I heard this. I heard this news.
1: Yes. Yeah, I
2: like. Do I like it? I'm not sure, but am I interested in seeing it? Absolutely.
1: <laughs> yeah, I. And so for, at first, I wasn't going to throw this in, right? Because I was just like, "It's it's a rumor. I don't know. We haven't heard anything from Sony themselves, but Sony has broken its silence, silence on the rumors, and they haven't said. They have said." I'm gonna read the exact line, and you make of this what you will. Those rumoured castings are not confirmed, is what they've said.
2: Okay. That's a very good way of putting it.
1: What they haven't said is those rumoured castings are false. They have said those rumoured castings are not confirmed.
2: Yeah, that like maybe they've approached uh Tom McGuire and Andrew Garfield about this. Or maybe, Mm. fucking, like, one of the agents of those two actors has just said, like, put them forward for it.
1: And and they could be in in contract negotiations as we speak, so they're not confirmed.
2: Yeah, because as soon as they're confirmed, it tips the scales in someone's favour. Now, look, whether it's true or not, it's interesting to think about, um... Like, in what capacity would they show up? Would it be a cameo? Like, if it is tied to Doctor Strange, does Doctor Strange just open a bunch of portals to explain the concept of multiple Spider-Men and he just flicks through and you see everyone?
1: I think that would be an interesting way to go about it. I and I don't think they would have to have a big part. I'm not expecting Andrew Garfield and Toby Mcguire to be in the final act. Like they a all stop a train, train together <laughs> They stop a train And Toby's a bit sad <laughs> He's just crying <laughs> Like bring, I, I, bring back Kirsten Dunst To call him a little dickhead <laughs> You're she might shit pop up as well. <laughs> She's just back there just, Toby comes through the portal And he's really sad And Kirsten Dunst is behind him like You're shit You'll never save anyone You're Spider-Man What about me Peter
2: Look at my friend James Franco That's right he's <laughs> back
1: and he's eating a pie. <laughs>
2: <Yeah. the> pie. <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I don't think they'll have any major plot part to play if they are in it, but mm. to see him pop up, I can totally see it as being just a, uh, even floating the idea of multiple universes to the Spider-Man side of the audience. Just being like, Hey, there's a bunch of Spider-Men. Uh, and Tobey Maguire
1: one. could, Tobey Maguire could technically be the older Spider-Man now. Like I, I I'm i assuming Tobey Maguire is what, 40, maybe 41. So, uh, like, yeah, he he could be, like, seen as, oh, this is one of the, like, classic Spider-Men from a few years ago, and you just see him, and he's kind of like, maybe, got, they've, they've given him the salt and pepper hair, and maybe he's putting on the mask that way, and then you also have Andrew Garfield, who I think looks the same, I don't think that man ages, so he still has spiky hair, and he's kind of cool, and you're kind of showing Tom Holland, and this is why it reminds me of the Flash movie, because Flash is bringing back Keaton, and it's bringing back Affleck. Yeah. Like it could be a similar thing that they just showed these other dimensions. Like It's weird that they're at the same time Spider-Man 3 and DC and Marvel are both going
2: dimension hopping at the same time. I think this pops up every now and again though. Like Civil War and Batman vs Superman were due to come out on the same day. And they're the
1: same plot, <laughs> really.
2: Same quality as well, I would say.
1: <laughs> I would say so.
2: But I I think there's just, there's so much uh, common ground between comics in general, even between the two big companies, that I think you can draw parallels on a lot of things.
1: Hmm. Well, I mean, Uh, a a lot of comic book stuff is one of them creates something, and then, say in the 60s, one of them creates a character, and then the other one is like, who did they fucking create? Okay, well, we'll change it slightly. Like, Thanos and Darkseid are very similar.
2: Yeah, and Slade Wilson and Wade Wilson, like,
1: (laughs) yeah, it's all there. So I can understand in movie wise why DC would want to try and keep up with what Marvel are doing and try and copy them. And but I think if they bring back Maguire and Garfield and they introduce Miles Morales, you could do that all in the same scene.
2: Absolutely, yeah, and just it could even be like. As as I was saying there, you know Doctor Strange's orange portals that he does? Yes. I think Tom Holland shows up and is like, I don't want to be Spider-Man anymore. And Strange is like, There's always a Spider-Man. Look, there's this one, there's this one, there's this one, there's this one. And that's it. That's all we get.
1: You could you could have ghosts of Christmas past. Like he said he they walk through the portal portal together and he's just like, This is the Spider Man from this universe. And it's just a shot of Tobey Maguire fighting off some thugs And then they walk back through the portal
2: Yeah, like it, it can be that simple I don't. As we both said They probably won't be majorly involved in the plot But it'll be cool to see him when and if it happens
1: I, I just think it's really interesting this, this Spider-Man movie we're getting so much news over the last few weeks they're really throwing a lot into this if they get Maguire and Garfield and they bring in Miles Morales you still have J. Jonah Jameson there you have Electro played by Jimmy Fox you still have all the original cast with, with Zendaya and, and Tom Holland this could be like yeah, a Michael comic Keaton book big M- Michael Keaton bring him in I think this could be like a comic book nerds like dream movie
2: yeah, it's shaping up that way, and hopefully we'll get announcements uh, sometime soon. But yeah, until then, we'll keep reporting on rumours.
1: Uh, rumours and hearsay—that's all we bring. So that is sadly it for this week's movie Monday, Sean. It's
2: quite the packed week of movie news, though.
1: It was a packed week. So uh, a little bit of hearsay, but a lot
2: of news. A bit of hearsay, a bit of there say, and and, that- and a
1: bit of NBA.
2: And, and and oh, uh, what was his fucking name? <laughs> Shit! Oh, I closed the tab. Uh, Carol, was there a Carol?
1: Are you just saying no? Clay, you're thinking of Clay. Clay,
2: Clay. God, <laughs> just, just testing you, Connor.
1: <laughs> Do you want to take us out?
2: Yes, thank you everyone for listening to this episode of Movie Mondays. We will be back on Wednesday with Weird News Wednesday, Uh Friday with Hero or Zero, Monday with more Movie Mondays. Um, big thank you goes out to all of our patrons who support us over on Patreon. Uh, Waffles Williams, Kira Lawler, David Clark, Ed Ball, Joe Burney, Ray Ging, Roisin Halley, Ryan Evanson, Sean Jamieson, Dominic and Josiah Green. Thank you all so, so much for your continued support. We really, really appreciate it. And they and got
1: a, a, a Mighty from Power Rangers review this weekend.
2: They did. They did. We summoned our podcast Zords. And mm, yeah. we reviewed the uh, yeah Mike Moore from Power Rangers from nineteen ninety five.
1: It's podden time. That's what I said.
2: That, 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 that <laughs> is he did say that. He said that several times before we started it was, recording. It was
1: fifty fifteen minutes of that, <laughs> and then we eventually got onto the plot.
2: That was his vocal warm ups. Yeah, so <laughs> give that a listen over on Patreon if uh, it sounds like something you might be interested in. It's a good laugh, and we hope you enjoy it. Um, as always, link to the Patreon. Uh, is down in the description below or it's com slash yours for a higher podcast but the best way uh, anyone can ever support the show is by telling one human being that we exist please sir just one. Oh, very nice very very dickensian and, uh... i've changed it up <laughs> Oh, that's your new bit you have to do that every week now
1: <laughs> oh shit <laughs> it's pardon <podden> time
2: <laughs> get that off the ground <laughs> she's trying to start her thing new t-shirts um and yeah also uh, whatever podcast platform you're listening on if you can leave a rating and review on that it also really helps us out it helps us get uh, in front of herbicide more ears um, but other than that all of our socials are down in the description below you can email us here's for higher underscore at outlook.com and I think that's about it Connor.
1: I think so so I've been Connor Lauder
2: I've been Sean me I'll
1: see you next week guys
0: bye bye